Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Good evening, dear friends in the audience. Welcome to our program on time every Saturday night. I am Connie, and I'm really pleased to be speaking with our old friend, Dr. Hofstadter. We'll together explore more interesting knowledge. Thanks so much for joining us Dr. Hofstadter. Good evening, Connie and friends in the audience. And thank you for your invitation dear Connie, I'm very glad to be here. Okay. In the previous two episodes, we discussed the role and related mechanisms of tumor exosomes in tumorigenicity. Simply put, tumor growth and metastasis depend on complex interactions between tumor cells and tumor stroma, as well as tumor-to-tumor interactions. This communication occurs through direct interactions, secreted factors, and microvesicles that carry proteins and nucleic acids. Tumor microvesicles carry a variety of cargoes, including oncogenic proteins, fragmented DNA, messenger RNA, and non-coding RNAs with regulatory functions. These cargoes can be horizontally transferred between different cells. Furthermore, these microvesicles are enriched for retrotransposable elements, associated with genetic instability and transcriptional dysregulation. Since more and more attention is paid to the role of exosomes in the progression and metastasis of malignant tumors, Dr. Hofstadter and I will focus on the functional role of tumor exosomes in influencing pre-metastatic niche formation and metastatic behavior in the coming weeks. So, Dr. Hofstadter, let's just dive in and start with the fundamentals. Okay. Firstly, I think we could review the important events involved in exosomes in vivo. Indeed, intercellular communication mediated by exosomes is a new concept. More and more evidence shows that. Exosomes play a potential role not only in normal physiological processes, such as immune response and communication in the nervous system, but also in pathogenic events, cancer progression, and metastasis. Exosomes are endocytic vesicles secreted by various cell types. Recent studies have shown that proteins, such as membrane-bound tyrosine kinase receptors and angiogenic factors, are selectively recruited into these vesicles. In addition, gene substances, such as messenger RNAs and microRNAs, are also packaged into exons in a cell-type-specific pattern. You know, the most important thing is that, exosomes can mediate the transfer of these functional molecules to different cell types, leading to epigenetic reprogramming in these receptor cells. It's interesting. We have previously known that many types of tumor cells secrete a large number of exosomes. Moreover, they can be detected in the serum and ascites of cancer patients. So I'd like to ask, why are tumor-derived exosomes considered to be involved in the regulation of malignant tumor metastasis? Well, there are a few good reasons. Basically, researchers found that the level of circulating tumor cell exosomes in serum is closely related to cancer. A portion of circulating tumor cells entering peripheral blood can escape and anchor to develop into metastases. I mean, this increases the risk of death in patients with malignant tumors. For example, 
proteins in peripheral blood exosomes of patients with malignant tumors, patients with benign diseases, and healthy people are determined. It was found that patients diagnosed with ovarian cancer showed significantly higher levels of EPCAM-positive tumor-derived exosomes in the peripheral circulation. And the highest levels were observed in patients at the most advanced stages of the disease. In a similar way, it has been proved that the number of circulating microvesicles of non-platelet origin in patients with gastric cancer is higher than that in healthy people. What is more, recent animal studies have also demonstrated the role of exosomes in cancer progression and metastasis. Inherent genetic instability is one of the basic characteristics of tumor cells. Therefore, the heterogeneity between tumor cells with obvious metastatic potential has been widely recognized. However, as far as I know, this metastatic ability seems to be transmitted between tumor cells through exosomes. Could you please give an example? Sure, for instance, fewer metastatic melanoma cells colonize and grow in the lung after uptaking of exosomes and microvesicles released by highly metastatic melanoma cells. Unfortunately, we haven't dissected the molecular mechanisms underlying these differences. You just mentioned that the results of animal experiments prove that exosomes are involved in cancer progression and metastasis. Maybe we can drill down even further and describe for folks more details. No problem. Studies have shown that tumor exosomes are associated with tumor growth and metastasis in mouse models of breast cancer and melanoma. In the pancreatic adenocarcinoma model, when exosomes combinate with the soluble matrix assembled by wild-type tumor cells, they can influence the metastatic organ site and enhance tumor cell seeding and growth in lung tissue and lymph nodes. Finally, after injection into the foot pad, it was found that melanoma exosomes existed in sentinel lymph nodes and induced the expression of metastasis factors, thus changing the distribution of melanoma cells. The molecular mechanism behind these phenomena and the contribution of tumor exosomes to all aspects of tumor metastasis, such as angiogenesis, tumor invasion, and pre-metastasis niche formation, have attracted more and more interest. When it comes to the pre-metastatic niche, in the past decade, some publications have greatly changed our understanding of transfer biology. These studies suggest that cellular and molecular changes occur in metastatic organs before tumor cells begin to spread from the primary tumor. What conditions do you think the formation of pre-metastatic niche provides for tumor metastasis? Well, simply put, factors derived from primary tumors can produce a suitable microenvironment, called premetastatic niche, before the arrival of the cancer cells, so as to prepare for future metastasis. Soluble factors, such as angiogenic cytokines, inflammatory chemokines, and hypoxia-regulated extracellular protein LO, are several well-characterized molecules at the pre-metastasis site. The above factors include but are not limited to VGFA, PLGF, TGF-beta, and TNF-alpha. So, what are the main cell types that attract the pre-metastatic sites during tumor progression? Can you give us an example? Absolutely, one of the main cell types, I think, is bone marrow-derived HPCs. They are a kind of pluripotent stem cells, 
with the ability to differentiate into specific hematopoietic cell types. Bone marrow-derived HPCs belong to erythroid, megakaryocytic, lymphoid, and myeloid lineages. In a pioneering study, scientists demonstrated that VGF receptor 1-positive HPCs migrate to premetastatic sites. Before the first tumor cells arrive, these cells express the fibronectin receptor VLA4, which enables them to anchor to fibronectin. As you probably know, fibronectin is an extracellular matrix component that is overexpressed at future metastatic sites. The arrival of HPCs to future metastatic sites triggers interactions with other cell types, such as stromal cells and endothelial cells. As a result, a microenvironment conducive to tumor cell engraftment can be created. Subsequently, newly disseminated tumor cells trigger angiogenic signals that recruit bone marrow-derived EPCs to the metastatic site and mature the metastatic lesion. In addition to growth factors, cytokines, and soluble factors, how do tumor-derived exosomes and microvesicles play a key role in the formation of premetastatic niches? Well, I've read studies showing that tumor exosomes can influence the components of the local microenvironment. Additionally, they can spread over long distances to target distal organs, via the peripheral circulation and ascites. You know, when protected within membrane vesicles, exosomes can deliver a variety of molecules to metastatic organs, and elicit more profound responses at these sites. Let me give you an example. CD105 positive human renal carcinoma cell-derived microvesicles, significantly enhanced tumor metastasis to the lung, five weeks after intravenous injection of renal tumor cells. After further assessment of the lung microenvironment, it was observed that VGF and MMP2 expression was elevated in lung endothelial cells, and MMP9 in total lung tissue, after intravenous injection of tumor-derived exosomes. One thing I want to add is that, these factors have previously been associated with the formation of premetastatic niches in the lung. Got it. Anything else about microvesicles you want to add, apart from the transfer of kidney cancer cells to the lungs? Yeah, and when melanoma exosomes were administered to mice by intrafoot pad injection, they specifically homed to sentinel lymph nodes. By recruiting more melanoma cells to exosome-rich sites in sentinel lymph nodes, microvesicles influence the lymph node distribution pattern of free melanoma cells. When evaluating the changes of lymph node metastasis factors pretreated with melanoma exosomes, we can see the expression of several genes related to angiogenesis, tumor cell recruitment, and extracellular matrix modification increasing significantly. So I think it will be of further significance to determine the cell types targeted by these exosomes in the lymph nodes, responsible for upregulating these premetastatic factors. So you mean these studies support the role of exosomes secreted by tumors in preparing metastatic tissues, such as lymph nodes and lung metastasis? Extracellular bodies and soluble factors jointly promote the expression of pro-angiogenic molecules and the remodeling of extracellular matrix in pre-metastatic tissues. These changes are conducive to the formation of a pre-metastatic microenvironment that would help tumor cells to metastasize. So, does the establishment of metastatic niche require the joint action of tumor exosomes and various cytokines?
Great question. Indeed, the soluble fractions secreted by tumor cells and exosomes work together to establish a metastatic niche. I would like to give one illustration in support of this process. In this study, the researchers used rat pancreatic cancer as a model system. The results showed that injection of conditioned medium collected from tumor cells into footpaths could promote lymph node and lung metastasis. When assessing the effect of soluble components on exosomes, they found that although exosomes were the driving force of transfer, the help of soluble components was still needed. Because the soluble components secreted by wild-type tumor cells can supplement the exons derived from gene knockout tumor cells, but not vice versa. As you mentioned earlier, bone marrow cells are also involved in the formation of pre-metastasis niches. How do you see the effects of exosomes and microvesicles in this process? Well, in my view, microvesicles have long-distance effects on bone marrow cells and their mobilization. You know, some studies have shown that tumor-derived microvesicles can directly affect bone marrow stromal cells. Microvesicles derived from the plasma of patients with B-cell chronic lymphoblastic leukemia can induce the activation of AKT to HIF-1 alpha signaling pathway and increase the production of VEGFA by bone marrow stromal cells. Recently, researchers used vesicles from lung tissue to demonstrate the ability of microbubbles to transfer specific features from lung cancer cells to bone marrow cells and reprogram them. Can you elaborate on this research? Yeah, I've read about this study. Specifically, microvesicles metastasis induces the expression of messenger RNA in lung epithelial cells in bone marrow cells and increases their ability to transplant into the lung. Interestingly, the expression of lung-specific messenger RNA in bone marrow cells continued for up to three weeks after exposure to microvesicles. You know this indicates the presence of semi-permanent phenotypic changes. Similarly, this effect was also observed in human prostate cancer cells. In this study, bone marrow cells incubated with microvesicles derived from primary human prostate cancer culture induced the expression of prostate-specific antigen messenger RNA in human bone marrow cells. Then maybe in the last few minutes we have, I think we could talk about the effects of tumor-derived exons on bone marrow cells. Though the data seems to be limited, do you think it's unreasonable to assume that tumor-derived particles can also promote bone marrow cells to obtain a metastasis-promoting phenotype and promote their migration to pre-metastasis sites? No, I don't think so. In a series of experiments in vivo and in vitro, the researchers found that the exons of highly metastatic melanoma cells increased the metastatic behavior of primary tumors by educating bone marrow progenitor cells. On the contrary, the exons of low metastatic melanoma cells did not change the incidence of metastasis. Melanoma-derived exosomes induce vascular leakage at the site before metastasis and promote the mobilization of bone marrow progenitor cells and cell education to the angiogenesis phenotype in the bone marrow through MET oncogene. I think these studies define a new approach in the progression of metastasis. That's fantastic. It's very inspiring Dr. Hofstadter, this was a great conversation all around, and I really really appreciate the time and all of your insights.
that's all we have today. Thank you for listening. We hope you all enjoyed the episode. Thank you for having me. This was truly enjoyable. I look forward to speaking to you soon.